made it to church. That's why we came. Yeah, I forgot about that. Was that Anita singing on the team for the first time? Anita? That was awesome. I think I missed my customary. Whoever comes on stage for the first time, I always say like, hey, there's only one rule. Don't screw it up for pastor. I forgot to say that. So don't, you didn't though. So. She knows how to worship, man. You gotta watch her. She knows, she knows how to worship. Hey, it's a long weekend and you made it to church. Y'all love Jesus or something? Everybody else is watching from their campsite. You know when somebody comes back from the weekend that you had to, you know, stick around and work, you're always secretly hoping that it rained on them. I know what you're like. I know what you're like. Um, first Wednesday is coming up. This Wednesday at 7 o'clock. Now, if you've never been to a first Wednesday, it's like a night of worship and prophetic ministry. And uh, we have prayer teams all ready to go and ready to pray for you. Yeah. And I'm going to be preaching this um, first Wednesday service about unity. So if there's one thing that the devil wants to do during COVID right now, and I know y'all are happy that churches were masked exempt right now. Listen, listen. I was going to have to talk to my mom about her attitude if it wasn't. So I'm glad that saved me an awkward conversation. It did. You know my mom. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. If the devil wants to do one thing, it's to divide the church, to divide sons and daughters of God. But I'm going to be preaching about unity. How did the early church, when they disagreed very strongly, like there was a straight up street fight about an issue, and how did they actually deal with something? What was the template that they used that not only did the church not split, but it, the gospel went out into the rest of the world at the time? Right after that, the power and anointing of God. We, I'm going to be preaching about the anointing because the Bible says the anointing breaks the yoke. Not perfection, not government. Is Derek here? Derek's running for federal government right now. We're gonna, our prayer teams are gonna pray for him afterwards. Now this is not like a political platform here. This is, I have a unique position because you know, I, I think that, that politicians and pastors, we both serve the people. Um, but one of us answers to the people and the other answers to God. And so we'll help you any way that we can. Uh, and anybody, you know, I, I talked to, um, to our local MLA and, and they're friends of mine and we have numbers and I talked to her, I'm like, you know what? I think that your party needs, I think every political party needs chaplains and needs. So there was one stat that I think was pretty important that there was one group of people that had a rise in mental health in COVID. And that was people who went to church every week. So politicians in church, it's a good start. We're gonna pray for you. I think that's good. I say, I think every politician needs a pastor too. Where do, where do we get our moral authority to lead and to, and um, anyways, man, you, you text me anytime, I'll swap numbers and I'll complain about everything. <laughs> um, Psalm chapter 127. Hey, I'm preaching a ser sermon series starting today called Empty Hands. Thanks, Sean. Empty Hands, the key to increase. I'm going to be talking today about the key to increase is empty hands. It won't make sense until the end of the sermon, like most sermons. But, um, but the psalmist said, it is useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, anxiously working for food to eat, for God gives rest to his loved ones. Now, if there's one thing that I want for you in your finances, whether you're in a family, whether you're by yourself, um, if there's one thing I want for you, it's what I want for my daughters, which is why I talk to them about money all the time, because I don't want them ever to wake up worrying about it, because I don't think that God wakes up worrying about your resources and worrying about tomorrow for you. He really doesn't. And so 
But, um, but I'm going to be talking about how we get all of that into God's hands so that you, the weight can be lifted off of your shoulders. We're like, how do I, you know? And so um, I felt like this morning, you know, in heaven, I think it's a common scene in heaven maybe that God says to Gabriel, you know, like, what are they worried about? You know, what's Ryan worried about this morning? And I feel like Gabriel sometimes comes back to God quite often and says, they're worried about money again. God's like, my kids are worried about money. He's like, I gave them access to my account. I, I have, I'm their dad. I'm talking to sons and daughters of God. Don't preach me down, Venue Church. Come on. And, and Gabriel's like, yeah, well, they get confused sometimes because they lost their password. And then now, now they're standing at the wrong bank and now they're mad at you. What? You know, I feel like Gabriel finally is just like, not my kids, they're your kids. Like, you know, come on, Venue Church. When, when somebody else's kids cry in church, you're like, yeah, it's the parents. We used to look around and just be like, hey, it's just, as long as it's not my kids, I don't care. Hey, um, so this morning I'm going to be talking about, about uh, personal budgets or family budgets. So good. now... All the nerds after last service caught me. They're like, we love talking about budgets. So you all, they were spiritual. They love talking about budgets. Why, why am I talking about a budget in church? Because God doesn't want you to worry about resources. I would talk to my kids about it. So I take the same attitude that I talk to my kids about it. And they have yet to be like, oh, what comes next? Now you're going to take up an offering. You know, no, because I want something for them. And when God is trying to train you how to use resources heaven's way, he's trying to get something to you. But did you know that God doesn't respond to faith or to, to need, I should say. He only responds to faith. And faith is the currency of heaven. Now, the problem is need is our currency here. And then we get mad at God because he's not meeting our needs here. But God is like, I work through faith. And faith is what we do when God says, do this thing. And we do it before we see the result of that because obedience is up to us and the results are up to God. But when you shift those things into God's hands, see... See, a Christ follower obeying the, the word of God and the voice of God is faith coming into the world. That's when the need gets filled. That's right. And so there has to be this element of faith that, that he meets. And we're just going to be teaching you a little bit about this and practically today about that. Now, this week here, some of you saw my, my social media posts. Um, now, in, in COVID, you know, I, my social media presence went down because I'm like a words ninja. And Jesus is like, you just need to love people. So I just, I just post happy things now. <laughs> Except for this thing wasn't a happy thing. So I'm, I'm, I'm mowing my grass and minding my own business in front of my own house. And a kid that Pastor Aaron paid, I'm walking down the sidewalk with my lawnmower on my sidewalk. Just the wheel is up on, I'm just trimming the edge. So I'm fully on the sidewalk. Like 97% of the sidewalk is me. And a teenage boy, you know teenage boys when they're too big for their brains? Like their brains haven't grown into the bodies yet, right? This kid comes wheeling down here and he figured he could take that 3%. And he ran into, he destroyed my leg with his bike. And I'm just like. And then I posted it on Facebook for a little sympathy. And you all as a church, I just need to be like. That didn't work. <laughs> Not only did I not get sympathy, I got a bunch of like crying gifts and you know, all that. Like. Chad Ferguson, you know what he says? Did you invite him to youth? That's what he's, I mean, fair enough. And did I? No, I was just trying not to send him to heaven. This poor kid, and he's like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. I'm just like, what were you 
It's not like the road wasn't clear, like there was nobody there. Like when, this was your option, you're only, and it just took me back to my teenage years as a boy. I'm just like, how many times was mom like, what were you? You know, if you don't have boys, you don't know. We're not thinking. We have a box that's empty. That's where we live. What are you thinking about right now? Sitting on the couch beside your house. What are you thinking about? Nothing. We're not lying. Like, there's nothing in there. It's our, it's our safe place. Hey, <laughs> money, money represents two things to us. And it's emotional, but it shouldn't be emotional. It's emotional because it represents security and it represents control you know that whoever controls the money controls the business or the account or the relationship whoever controls the money controls it and whoever controls the money feels the most secure about that well in a natural sense that's kind of true until you see that there's a much better economy than a natural economy it's called a supernatural economy where isaac in the land of famine sows and reaps a hundredfold in the land of famine when nobody else made it Isaac sows and reaps a hundredfold in the land of famine because he stayed and he sowed in a place where God told him not. Now, I need to preach this. Now, normally I preach this sermon series after your Christmas binging when you all feel guilty. And then I can be like, okay, let's talk about budget. And you're like, yeah, we know, Pastor. You know, it's like, have you ever had like a dog who like just ate up your shoes? Like, you, you know. Well, I feel like I needed to do this right now. I feel like the Holy Spirit wants us to do a series about resources. Why? Because God never wants you to wake up one moment thinking about money and worrying about money. He's got it, but he's, he's got to teach you how to do it. Yep. So, so I feel like now with the economy and everything and all this like thing, and then, you know, it feels like we're stepping back. And, and with all of this here, God wants to say his economy is higher than. It's always higher than. The principles always apply first over anything that can happen to you. And what's happening to you and around you does not happen to have to happen in you. And how can we in a land of famine? Now, the reason I want to preach this too is that every venue person that I know that did what this following scripture says, every venue person that I know that did it actually increased yep. during a land of famine. And some of them lost jobs and some of them got their pays cut. And, but that didn't happen on the inside of them because God had a greater plan. And so you ready to hear kind of the, the formula? I don't know a single one who went backwards. I just know that like God is moving us forward. And if that's you, don't tell me because I just said that I hadn't heard one yet. So no, <laughs> we love you. We'll pray for you. Um, now it's, I am preaching about a budget. So I'm the teenage boy on a bike this morning. So hopefully it's like not a bad surprise. But whether you have a budget, I'm going to say you might have a good budget. You need to tweak it. You need to get it better because budgets are something that need to be flowing and, and moving. You can always get it better. So Matthew 6, Jesus says this because he knows you. He said, don't worry about these things. Anybody full of worry right now? I mean, the world around us is crazy. It's full of worry. It's, don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat and what will we drink and what will Layden wear? I mean, he's got a closet full of clothes, but he's got nothing to wear, you know? <laughs> you knew I was going to preach that about wearing stuff. I only have 400 shirts, Amy. Like, I got nothing to wear. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? And then Jesus says, that was him this morning? Well, how would I know? Prophetic, right? I'm in tune with the Spirit. And I also know Layton. These things, Jesus says, dominates the thoughts of unbelievers. He's like, of course, everybody else is going to be worried about that. But he's like, sons and daughters of God, why you? God in heaven's like, Gabriel, seriously, what? Not you guys. He's saying, your heavenly father, like he's, he's saying, Jesus is saying, my father knows your needs already. Then he's like, well, why doesn't he just give me what I need? Because he doesn't respond to need. He responds to faith. 
why else say like ask and you shall receive? Why like, give us this day our daily bread? Well, why doesn't he give it to me a month ahead of time? Because then you would think it was you. Yeah. You would find your security and your control in something other than him. Yeah. And not, not his stuff in him. Like, just give me a minute. And then, and then seek the kingdom of God above all else. Here's the template. Seek God's kingdom first. Not your house, not your kingdom, not your business, not you. Yeah. Not your kids, not you. Seek his house first. That's scriptural. And then he says, and live righteously. Like, do what God wants you to do with your budget. Just do what God wants you to do. Not rocket science. We just struggle with it. And then the third thing is, God provides. He's like, and he will give you everything you need. See God's kingdom. Do what he wants you to. He pays. He pays. Um, today's sermon is called An Empty Fridge. I want to seed some faith into you that we've experienced as a family, that I'm going to be talking about Aaron and I and how, how we, our resources, the struggle. So she wasn't in the first service. She didn't really know. Um, <laughs> all the girls are instantly on her team. <laughs> I know how you girls work. I live with like four daughters and one wife, and that's five girls. I know. You hunt in packs. I get it. I don't know where that was going on. That's all I wanted to say. I know. Just so you know that I know, that we know. Okay. Um, my parents, God moved us to Los Angeles in the 80s and moved my parents from well-paying jobs. And God said, hey, I want you to learn how to live by faith a little bit. So we moved to Los Angeles on, on our own dime as a family. We paid out of the mom and dad, we, like I had money, you know, I was like six. Like, we, this is our, our decision. Um, no green cards. They couldn't earn a living there. And they ate into their savings and they left like a new house and new car and like just knew everything, you know, they were doing so well. And God's like, Hey, I need to teach you a different way because that's natural and that's okay, but that's not going to take you where I want to take you. That's not quality of life. That's just a lot of stuff. And so he took them to Los Angeles from a town of 500 people to LA. Like you couldn't Google it. Like what does Los Angeles look like? That wasn't a thing. Are we clear? Like this is pre-internet <laughs> millennials. There was a thing before the internet. It was called like writing letters and making phone calls and talking to somebody's dad if you wanted to talk to her. That's why nobody called her because nobody wanted to talk to. <laughs> just laugh, millennials. It's just the way that it was. Just trust me. Now, there were times when I say live by faith, I mean like live by faith by faith. Now, some of y'all, you, you want to live by faith because that means to you, I don't want to get a job. <laughs> and by faith, you mean live by your mom. But that's not what they were struggling with. See, they, they had, they came from, you know, particularly my dad from hardworking families that relied a lot on what they could do. And so God had to break them. And there was one day that the fridge was empty and they had nothing for the, you know, us boys in the morning. And, uh, it's one thing for you to go without, if you have kids, like, you know, where that lands, like that's, and they're praying and they're like, God, you sent us here. Well, what do we do? And there was a knock on the door. One of Hundreds of miracles that happened in that three-year period, I think. A knock on the door, somebody uh, took off and they left an envelope full of cash in there. And God's like, I got it. Don't worry that the fridge is empty. I've got it because I'm God. You can't rely on what's in the fridge. You have to rely on, That's good. on me, is what he's saying. There's a, a better way, a supernatural way. And out of that, my father taught me, even as I went into like the business world, he taught me, never make a decision if the only reason you make it is money. Because that's not, money is a byproduct, but it's not the only reason that you yeah, make a decision. Right. Seek God's kingdom first, live righteously, and God pays the bills. Good. Now, 
My, my brother was a bit of a worrier when, when he was small. Maybe he still is. I don't know. Did you meet my brother when he was here over summer? I can't wait till the whole church comes back together after summer and we get to see everybody again. My brother was here. Did you look into his eyes and see the embodiment of evil? You know what I'm talking about, Kim. Yeah, my brother. Yeah. We have this huge competition thing. It's a cool thing. Well, my brother's great. He's such a good sport. But, you know, when he was little... He, uh, he was sitting in the, in the back seat with myself and my grandma. My, my, we were on family vacation, and my dad took his mother-in-law, a very brave decision. And um, <laughs> you all got mother-in-laws, but you're sitting beside your wife, and you're not going to say it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> no, but Ryan started asking these questions like kids do. He's like, hey, Dad, how much does uh, like gas cost? And so Dad would say a number, and probably wasn't much then, you know. And, how much does McDonald's cost? And he'd tell them, and there'd be a pause, and kind of a little noise in the back. And like, how much does this hotel with the water slide cost? Another pause. And my grandma looks over, and she was a school teacher, super sharp. And she looks over, and she starts laughing and laughing because Ryan had four or five had a little notebook out, and he was like adding everything up. Like, hotel, McDonald's. He was adding it up. Finally, he leans forward. He used to cross his legs back then, which is really weird for a four or five year old boy. I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't want you to judge him, though. That's not what I want. He leaned forward and very concerned and said to dad, dad, are you sure that we can afford this vacation? <laughs> That's true. I think that God this morning with Gabriel kind of gave you that same look too. That my dad would turn around and just, just do the Richard Cope. Like boy, just go on the water slide. Listen. This is God's word to somebody. If dad's driving, dad's paying. Yeah. And that's, that's the problem. That's the struggle. Empty hands. How can empty hands be the key to increase? Because if your hands are full of a steering wheel that's way too big for you, you got to empty your hands. When dad is driving, dad is paying. Relax and go on the water slide. Relax and enjoy life. Relax. God turns the joy switch on. He's got it. He's got you. He's got you. And that's what we want. I don't want you worrying about money. I don't ever want you to wake up again worrying about money. I mean, if you didn't fight about money with your spouse, what would you fight about? You'd have to come up with something else. <laughs> Listen, God can't protect what he doesn't possess. There's this umbrella that he protects, but if it's in his hands, he protects it. Who can take something out of God's hands? The trouble is, if your hands aren't in God's hands... Then, then the more that you grip onto what you have or what you think you have is the tighter you're actually gripping onto fear. Because if you grip onto it too tightly, you don't understand that God's got it, then the devil can always put a gun to your head and threaten that you'll lose what's in your hands. Now, this is a relationship talk too, right? Like, you can't hold on to it that tight. You've got to take open your hands and put them in the hands of God. When, when God is driving, when it's in his hands, it comes under his umbrella of protection. But see, the world and money works according to principle. And so if you're under the umbrella of protection, then God pays the bills in here. It's God's responsibility to feed your kids when you're under this umbrella. But if you go and make your own go-kart and go over here, there's other rules that apply out here. That God's like, why are they standing at that bank? Why are they driving on that road? Because road conditions really affect go-karts. Like, oh my goodness, it's raining. And you're gonna get wet, it's, it's not gonna be fun. You're not gonna get there and you're not gonna get there fast. And wherever you get, it's not gonna be where God wanted you to get because the difference in the, the natural life of go-karts, now look, the devil has money too, so he'll distract you and give you a nice go-kart. 
Because he'll, he'll afford whatever it is that keeps you away from God. He'll pay it. Yeah, but when you realize I'm still in a go-kart, like the conditions around me still affect me. And what if God doesn't even want that for you? What if, what if God wants you in, in his vehicle for your finances is more like, we call it like the God tank. And you're like, oh, it's going to rain today. Oh, the economy today. Oh, COVID. Oh, and God's like, yeah. opens the slat. I don't care. Like, oh my goodness, you don't understand. The pavement ends here. It's going to be gravel. Yeah, it's a problem here. It's not a problem here. Yeah. It's, not, it's just simply not a problem. It's going to rain. It's going to hail. There might be hail damage on the tank. <laughs> uh, wait, on God's tank? Impossible. There's nothing the devil can do that can get you when you're under that umbrella, that tank of God's yeah. blessing. Because now you're God's responsibility. But you have to stop thinking of things like, this belongs to me. My kids belong to me. My wife belongs to me. My car belongs to me. If it does, you're in a go-kart. If it belongs to God and you become a steward in the middle, then all of your bills become God bills and your problems become God problems. But also your joys and your victories also belong to God. And when you learn to live with empty hands in the sense of like, look, God can't fill hands that are already full. And he's got so much more blessing for you, but he can't give it to you until you empty your hands right now. It works with forgiveness too. You're like, well, you know, my husband should love me more. And God's like, pour out what love you have. Yeah. You're like, but he won't. God's like, I'm not talking. I'm talking to you. Well, I, my tank is empty. And God's like, pour it out anyways. Well, I don't want to be affectionate with my wife. She's a jerk. God's like, be affectionate anyways. Well, you don't understand. Like I'm fighting with my, I don't want to be affectionate with my kids. And God's like, pour it out. Pour it out. I can't fill until you empty. I can't. Faith. It takes faith to empty something that you think is already empty. It takes faith. But see, we, we, we work with this like reserve tanks. You remember those old motorcycles? They always had a reserve tank. And we're like, hey, man, this reserve tank. I just like, nobody gets in here, God. And God's like, until you run that thing empty, I can't like supercharge it. That's true. I can't upgrade you. I can't. That's good. That's good. Pastor's right. That's good. Yeah. Now, I, as we talk about budget today, I had a friend of mine who, um, he was a great party, but he could go zero to panic in like one millisecond. His name was Marty. And he used to go to my dad's church. And I, I used to drive truck for him, a manure truck. If you can imagine me like riding a manure truck. Anyways, it was weird. I did it for like a month. It was okay. He was showing me, I'm not a mechanic, so I think it was like the, the rear differential oil something or other. He was showing me underneath this truck how to, am I getting that right? I feel like that's a thing. Yeah, good. I'm good. I'm golden. Yeah, of course I am. I'm a guy. I know all sorts of stuff about mechanics. Um, I'm a real man. Um, so he's like, here, here, show. He's like, I need to show you how to check the oil level. And so he pulls the plug in the back to show me what to check, but he doesn't pull the let's check the oil level. He pulls the let's drain the oil level, you know? So he pulls the drain plug and he's under in grass like this tall and he's underneath there. Get, catch this. And he's like, this guy, you know those people that have no emotional barrier whatsoever? Like, it's not hard to tell what they're thinking and feeling. He's underneath there, and he goes in one second. He's, he's tearing the grass, and the oil is just pouring out on him. He's tearing the grass because he dropped the plug. He's tearing the grass, and he finally, he's yelling, Why doesn't God just kill me and get it over with? And God's like, Gabriel... Why would you go straight to like, this is God, you know, as if God's like, yeah, it's the one underneath there. Pull that, you know, 
He went to this place because there was something inside of him that decided to blame God when he's the one who pulled the plug. Yeah. Uh, somebody, somebody's seeing the budget talk here. Listen, if you have holes in the budget, why would God fill the oil tank again? Is God stupid? Just look spiritual. Just nod. I'll keep going. God can't fill a tank if your budget is full of holes. Why would he do that? Is he, is he a bad investor? Do you think that he's going to enable you? Just keep pouring this never-ending flow into the tank that you won't plug because you pulled the wrong. Now, now the budget, and we're talking about that. We're starting with that. I'm going to talk about generosity and saving as the series goes on. But as we talk about the budget, we've got to stop the, 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 fill the holes in the budget so that our budget can be blessed by God because that's just responsible and godly. And so um, one thing I would say is we're starting in two weeks, Dave Ramsey's Financial Freedom University, Financial Peace University yeah. here. And every person that I know that went through that and did what it said, we did that, uh, I don't know, seven years ago or something. Every single person I know who did that is doing extremely well afterwards. I don't know a single person. Why? Because it's a principle. You're under God's umbrella. You're spending money God's way. We just decided we're just going to do everything and stop arguing about it and just do everything. And I'm going to tell you, we, we used to think we had a budget, but we didn't. Now we got like a budget budget. Because everybody's like, I got a budget. Do you though? Like, I mean, no thing where you actually track every dollar. No, you don't. You're lying. <laughs> we used to say the same thing because it feels better, you know. But, but um, a budget stops the bleeding. Now, if you need that financial freedom, small, it's always a big, small group because lots of people, you know. But listen, isn't it a good time for a reset? Yeah, it's good. When things aren't going well in the economy and things aren't going well for you, God's like, hey, why don't you just fix this? You never have to worry about it again. Yeah. Um, now, there are three options for your resources. You can sow it, it's seed, right? You can sow seed, you can save seed, and you can eat seed. Yeah. Now, sometimes we eat all the seed and then we get mad when there's no harvest tomorrow and we get mad at God. And God's like, you ate it. You were supposed to plant the hamburger, not eat the hamburger. As long as you eat it, there's only one. You know, if you plant it, you get 10 or whatever. It's the a, it's a law of seed time and harvest. As long as the earth remains, the Bible says the law of seed time and harvest. It's a law of seed time and harvest. You don't go out there and like start screaming at the crops for coming up. But you also shouldn't scream at God when your field is empty because you didn't put any seed in it. God's, talk to a farmer. They'd be like, what are you doing? Well, there's no, I'm angry at God because I have no harvest. They're like, what did you plant? Well, I ate it. Then be hungry. You know what I mean? Like, so you can sow it, and there's a principle that I want you to start living by. And I think you need the 10 weeks or whatever that, that Dave Ramsey, that financial, I think you need that much time to go through it. I think everybody, you know, like I can start you on the way and just highlight some things for you today. You can maybe even start a budget, but you need to go through and discipline, discipline, discipline. It'll show you how to pay off debt. There's no debt too big to pay off. It's a debt snowball. It doesn't make any sense to my brain, but it worked and it works. And so there's all these amazing things, but what was I talking about? Somebody. Well, you're not eight weeks, 10 weeks. That was before that though. Oh, see, so there's <laughs> a squirrel. Okay. So there's the 10, 10, 80 principle. So seed, you're supposed to give away 10%. Now, if you're not a Christ follower, you need to give away 10% anyways. And there's like ungodly companies that do it. Why? Because generosity always works. Now, if you do it with God, God's like, Hey, great. I'll guarantee. And I'll preach about it. God, I'll, I'll guarantee. He says, you're 90%, it'll be way more than the 100% was anyway. So like zero, zero issues there, like relax. And he's like, and I'll take that and I'll multiply it. It says in the word of God, 30, 60, and 100 fold. And 
He says, if you got kids, I'll take care of them. I'll rebuke the devourer. I'll go after the devil for you. And you're like, but that has nothing to do with money. And God's like, sure it does. You want to lecture God about what stuff has to do with stuff? It's all connected. Okay, so that's giving. You're supposed to give 10% away. And you should just do that anyway. It's like, it's not about us. Hey, kids, it's not about our family. We need to give 10% away. And then there's like the save 10% because tomorrow is coming. So, but we need to talk about what do we do with the 80%, which is our budget, which is what we eat. Because you need to eat, right? Anybody not need to eat? Tell me how. That's awesome. I like to eat, so I'm going to do it anyways. <laughs> There's a 10 down. Now, if you don't want to do the budget app, we have a, a good budget app on our phone so that every time Erin spends uh, emotional money, and she is a high-maintenance person with expensive taste, everybody. Like, she brings home these purses that are like $600. And... You know why? Because girls hunt in packs. You should believe your pastor. The... Aaron is like super frugal, so like 20 bucks at the thrift store. Yeah. And she's like, oh my goodness, that seems like a lot. I'm like, it was. Because <laughs> I'm an idiot, I just can't like not say that. Um, I lost my train of thought again. Oh, the budget. So here's the thing. So we have a good budget app on our phone. And so that she can tell how much I spent at Starbucks. And she's like, why are you putting their kids through college? Because our kids need to go through college too. <laughs> and so what we do is we see it. And then we, you know, so, so it helps stop the bleeding pretty quickly because you can't just bleed forever and expect God to bless you. And, you know, and so anyways, um, so the budget, we start with like how much we, we make and then we work our way backwards to how much we can spend on that 80%. That helps. Like, don't just be like, well, our groceries are going to cost $47,000. Well, if you don't have it, here's the, 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 you know, here's the key to, to good budgeting. Here's the trick. There's, there's four, four things. You got to say no to yourself. Here's the second thing. You gotta say no to yourself. Here's the third thing. You gotta say no to yourself. And the fourth thing is. Say no to yourself? Yeah, you gotta. One, one smart guy. You just gotta say no to yourself because there's more at stake than just what you want today. And what a good budget does is a good budget, when we put the budget in charge, it's like, hey, this is a godly budget that we prayed about. Now we gotta tweak it, we gotta work it, and we gotta fix stuff. And, but I'll tell you, when we got our budget right in a way that honors God, then it's like, no, you're not in charge of it. I'm not in charge of it. God is in charge of it. And we're going to do what we said we would do. And so when I'm out, I can't spend. And the, the principle of the budget is you can't spend more. If you want to live in God's tank, he's like, okay, but you can't spend more than you make. Yeah. Right. Write that down. I can't spend more than I make. It doesn't make sense in the God tank. Like that's not responsible. You can't spend more than you make. It's not what you make, by the way. It's what you spend. Come on, it's not what you make, it's what you spend. How could how our, our grandparents save so much money? Because they didn't buy stupid crap. Right. They didn't have Amazon. Like, I need 47 of these things. They couldn't go and buy tacos for $2. You know what I mean? Like, live like poor people if you're poor, you know? Buy a car later when you can, when God starts multiplying the blessing. And so in here, you can't spend more than you make. And I know what you're saying to yourself, like, well, I had a hard day, so I, you know, I owe it to myself. No, you just owe, sweetheart. You just owe. You don't owe it to yourself. You don't, nobody owes you what you don't, can't afford, yep. right? So you got to start saying no to yourself and, and keeping your word. You know, my wife needs to know that I'm going to keep my word just because I gave it and I'm going to keep it, you know? Yep. So, so she's not worried about it. And if I step over the line at Starbucks, she has every right to be, what are you doing? Come here. This is what she says all the time. Come here. And she punches me. <laughs> Did anybody go for that? We could be friends. We should hang out after if you actually believe that. Um, no, she's great. Here's what, what Jesus says in Luke. For which of you intending to build a tower? And everybody's like, right, I, had, I was thinking about 
build a tower, does not sit down first and count the cost whether he has enough to finish it. So you gotta count the cost. And I know it's like, I'm not going through a whole lot of scripture, but I could go through 30 verses, but like, why don't we just do one? Can we put that back up? Why don't we just go through that one and do that this week? Rather than like theoretically do a bunch of stuff that we actually don't do. You know, like then you think that you're doing something, but you're not. Why don't we just do that and actually count the cost and say, hey, we don't have that. We can't spend that because that's not in the budget. So you work your way back from the budget to what you make to what you can spend. And then you've got to figure out in all of their, so how much does gas cost to get to work? Okay. And how much does insurance cost? And how much does this? And, and, and what I would do is I would put giving at the top of that. Because if you wait to give till the end and see if you have it, that's not faith. So when you give first, God's like, good, I'll actually fix the rest too. Now that's not even your problem. That's my problem. So they're my, now I'm going to show you how we do that, that budget. Um, Dave Ramsey would say, cut up your credit cards. And I'm going to say, if you got a problem that you should cut up your credit cards. And then what happens is you pay cash. So then it's like, Hey, this coffee co costs. And then I got to like Starbucks. Oh my goodness. guys! Like, <laughs> you know, and every time you do it, it hurts you emotionally a little bit. You feel it when you bleed. And so I just think that's kind of good. You need to feel it. And what this budget does is when we buy something, we feel it. And then the other person opens it up and feels it and makes sure that you feel it too. Um, <laughs> you like that. Listen, now it's totally up to you. If you don't want to do a budget, God will love you all the same, but he, he can't bless you because you got holes in your budget. And so if you don't want to, you know, I would just suggest like help your kids put the budget on their phone so that when you don't have any money to retire, they can feed you. while they put their kids through college. Because they'll be able to afford to if you put the budget app on their phone. Just take the emotion out of it. Just be like, this is just what we do as a family. This is just wisdom. This is what... Now, when Pastor Aaron and I first got married, we were always good with money and we always gave to God. And so some of you need to cross that barrier in this series. You need to actually give 10% away to God, to the house of God. Because remember, God's house first. Then do what's right with the rest. And then God pays the bills. And then God will just bless and bless and bless. And I feel like our vehicle doesn't break down as much as other people's do. Like everything we do turns to gold. I don't know how, we miss so many disasters every month. I, don't, I couldn't even describe it to you, it's just normal now. And, but even if our vehicle does break down, I have money in the budget, but it's not emotional because they're like little soldiers. And I'm like, go out there and kill the tires that I need to fix. You know, like you're, you're here to die soldiers. You're money, I don't feel anything about you. You're not babies, you're soldiers. Right, and then they just do what I tell them to do because money is a tool, it's not a baby. Don't feel anything about it. Now, we were always good with money. We had, we had a down payment that we had to, that my dad lent me of $25,000 that we pay back in the one year of a combined income of $25 an hour. And of that $25 an hour, I was making eight. Every day she'd be like, who's making the money? You know, you know what she's like. Um, how do we do that in our first year of marriage? Well, we didn't have a budget yet, so we weren't even in the magic yet. But even that, we paid $25,000 back in that first year of marriage because we lived like poor people live. I ate a frozen block of pasta every day for lunch. It was terrible. We rented one movie a month that was $4 and felt like a lot. But as you know, it's funny, as we started making more money moving forward, um, we started bleeding more money until we were bleeding far more than we did. And then all of a sudden we're not saving and we're not. And I realized, yeah, it's not what you make, it's what you spend. And it's really not the big thing sometimes, although I can blow $35,000 on a vehicle, which I did, 
and it takes a long time to pay that off, I can blow that. Now, if you have it, that's totally fine. It's not like God doesn't want his kids to have a new car, but a new car that you can afford, yeah. right? right? And so I'm like, well, so, I mean, just principally, I normally buy vehicles that are four or five years old. You can do whatever you want, I don't care. But I do that because I can do it for less than half the price of buying a new vehicle, and I still drive good vehicles, and all I have to do is put tires on them. I don't have to fix them or anything. Right. Now, that's just what we do. There's a thousand little things in this, as, as you go through that small group, that God will help you sort out. There are so many thousands of dollars in your budget that you don't even know are there. You don't want to know how much we saved on our grocery bill? $600 a month. Seven grand in a year. What would you do with that? And we weren't rich and we weren't eating like we were rich. We actually eat better now. We actually eat better now, but everybody's got those emotional spends and you have to leverage whatever you have to leverage to not spend that. I can spend on vehicles and never think about them again. 35 grand. That's a lot. It takes a long time to pay that off. Now, Erin's emotional thing, because she grew up, you know, she went to camp one year and then she come back from camp and my, her mom's like, hi, yeah, your dad and I aren't together anymore. We're living in the city now and we don't have anything. So her emotional stuff was the fridge. That's why today is called empty fridge. She has learned that when I'm in the God tank, I can actually live with an empty fridge because we live within five minutes of 50 grocery stores. Right, but, but she, she, it was just her thing. What's your thing, your emotional thing? If she saw a full fridge, she felt secure. But now she doesn't feel secure by stuff, she feels secure by God. Because she's in the place with God, and God's like, hey, don't worry about it. If the milk runs out, we can go get milk. And it's the principle of like being willing to live with an empty tank, being willing to let it go down and relax because you're supposed to pray every day for bread. Right. Not be like, God, give me bread for a month because then you'll think it's you. Right. Then you'll start depending on you. You could lose your ability to earn a wage walking out of here and getting hit by a kid on a bike. <laughs> but if you do money God's way, that your wife probably gave five bucks to to hit you on the front of the sidewalk, I'm just saying. If you do it God's way, then God's like, hey, even if that happened, I'm gonna take care of you. You're my problem now. Yeah. Now, um, oh my goodness, my time is gone. Hey, um, put this uh, thing up. Come on up, worship team. I'm gonna show you what a good budget app looks like. Now this is Sarah's. I just made up a bunch of numbers here. I always put giving on top, I think that's wise. You can see as the month goes on here, we can see Aaron and I like, okay, our giving, we're about on par with our giving rent shirt. Oh, Sarah's fun money. She's half into next month's fun money. Now leverage whatever in your personality works so that you can win at the budget. You know what? I hate losing. And red is the devil and I hate the devil. I leverage it. I hate losing. I don't lose at the budget because I hate losing. You don't see much red in our budget. I'll, I'll fix it. We'll, we'll fix it. Now, my wife loves peace. You know what gives good peace? Is having a budget that works. Being in the green. The Lord leads me beside the still waters and pastures green. Come on, venue church. Say amen. You have to leverage whatever. You like vacations? Great. Save it up and pay for them with cash and never worry about them again. Come on. You hate bad surprises? Put it in the budget and fix your car because that's what they're there for. They're soldiers. If, when this gets down to zero at the end of the month, that's fine. It's a zero-based budget out this year when that budget honors God then and the gaps get filled in that budget then God can start pouring more and start increasing your capacity increasing your tank yeah. so that as you as you get more you give more and as you you become yeah. more more your severe influence it get, your sphere of influence gets bigger and God's blessing starts following you and following your friends and following your kids at school okay. yeah. and that's what I want for you today father right now we just we want to get in the God tank and I just pray that you would give us the humility to start a budget to tweak a budget to really get these finances under your control. Lord God, our time and our resources, those things that our heart follows, we pray, Lord, that we would really put you in control and yeah. in the driver's seat and we'd get out of that right now in Jesus' name and remember that you're always enough.